Well, we go deeper into the offseason as we enter this summer with a couple question marks, both on the quarterback side of the ball and also with coaches. That's right. We're going to talk about some teams who have a quarterback who's on the hot seat and some with coaches or both. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker with you as always. So, guys, as I mentioned, we have a great episode planned for you guys today. And we're going to talk about the quarterbacks and coaches who are might have their jobs on the line here. And we're going to start with quarterbacks. So, guys, do we have any picks to lead off here? What are we thinking? CJ can go first. Oh, thank you, Justin. <clears throat> I think... Trey Lance of the 49ers. Now, mm-hmm. let me tell you a little something about Trey Lance. You see, honestly, he should thank his lucky stars he's even in a make-or-break year. Because if you ask me, last season, Josh Purdy uh, – oh, my God. Josh Brock Purdy. Purdy. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the new quarterback. Who right is the Josh of- you were thinking of? Usually you mix up a couple of names. I don't know. Anyway, so Brock Purdy, he, last season, 2022, I believe, stole that job from uh, Trey Lance. He really did. And then he got hurt. And the only reason Trey Lance is starting is because Purdy's hurt. And and I believe that Shanahan was even ready to call him QB1 before they knew the extent of the injury. So if Trey Lance fails this year, I truly believe he's done in San Francisco. Because if he fails, then the Niners are just gonna say, "All right, we're just gonna stick with Purdy." You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this is literally like his very last chance to prove anything because the the because the Forty ers were fully ready to just move on from Lance this off season and trade him. Now they actually have no other choice but to commit to him and and give him one more chance. So if he screws up now, then that's it. That he's that's it for him. Um, but another player that I kind of look at is Mac Jones. There's always been there has been plenty, plenty of excuses for him. And I understood, I understand the excuses. You know, the, the coaching has not been stellar for him. And he also hasn't had the best weapons. He's had okay pieces, but not good enough to excel in this league. And also the offensive line has been slowly declining for the Patriots in years past. Now, a lot of that has been shored up. They added a legitimate offensive coordinator in uh, in uh, Bill O'Brien, and they've added more pieces for him to throw to may not be high end, but enough for him to prove himself. Offensive line is still a little questionable, but he could pro he could figure it out. If, you know, if given, the right tools in the offensive scheme, which it looks like they, which it looks like they have. So this is it. We're in year three. Mm-hmm. He has to prove that this past season was a fluke and his rookie year, the year where he made a pro bowl was the real year where it was the real Mac Jones. So let's see, let's see. Now. I also, I also happen to think there's that two things can be true at once, right? It can't all be, um, it's not Mac Jones's fault because ultimately the quarterback is 
um, the most important position on the field, especially on offense. So when you look at it that way, I mean, yeah, they the, the Patriots struggled last year, but he's supposed to have a lot of those things figured out. And if he is the elite quarterback that he could be, then he figures that stuff out. So Mac Jones is a player who I am looking at this year and saying, if you screw up, man, if you don't show any sort of signs, it that's that's that could be problematic. I think that he will show you signs considering he doesn't have a defensive coordinator as his OC or a special teams coach as his quarterbacks coach. But yeah, that's huge. We'll, we'll we'll see. We'll see for him. For me, I think I'll just go from a simpler route, and I think it's just going to be a simple one. Whoever is the quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. I think we all are in agreement that Anthony Richardson is a project that will come down later down the line. I think the Colts are focusing on that for the long-term future of the franchise. And so I think they'll try to find like a starter for this year, thinking they probably won't make the playoffs this year and then focus on next year. So whoever is going to fill in that, that role is going in there with the understanding, I'm not going to be the franchise guy. I need to make the most out of the season with the weapons that are been surrounded, that I'm surrounded with. And we'll see what we do from there. They have Joshua Taylor. They have Mike, Michael Pittman. They, I want to say, is it Pascal? Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal, yeah. Yeah. They have a few pieces here and there. And I want to say they got somebody in the draft, but I can't recall off the top of my head. And they picked up someone. It was Anthony oh. Richardson, right? Yeah. No, you mean at, at the quarterback position? Yeah. I'm just talking about weapons in general for like weapons. Yeah. I think they did. I'll check. I but mean, overall, it's not. I... Yeah. I'm sorry. Keep keep going. But overall, I think it's. I wouldn't say it's a make or break here. I think it's just an opportunity per se, just to see what they have. An opportunity for a backup quarterback to potentially start, show what he has, and maybe move on to another team once Anthony Richardson starts to develop into the franchise quarterback they think he can be. Tuck? Yeah? I'd like to point out that uh, you brought you brought up the draft of the weapon. They did. It was uh, Josh Downs. That's what I – yep. That's a weapon. That That's a weapon. So the only, the only reason I'm skeptical on whoever plays quarterback for the Colts – I mean, they they drafted they drafted Anthony Richardson fourth overall for a reason. Yeah. So they, it's it's not like whoever is at quarterback, if they decide that Richardson isn't fit to lead yet, is going to stay even if he does play well. If he plays well, then they'll just trade him somewhere else. I mean, the, what I would really be worried about is that offensive line rather than the uh, rather than the pass catchers because that that it has gone down and they really haven't done anything to address it this offseason. So if if they're worried about anything it should be that and whoever whoever's that quarterback that they don't get killed rather than having the pieces because they have it. They they have some guys. So I mean that's that's kind of what I would look at. Yeah. But when I'm looking at their like line, if they can stay healthy, which is a big if because it's the Colts line and we know how injury prone they can be through the Andrew Luck years. But if they can stay healthy, I like the pieces that they have. I mean, of course, they got Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly at your left guard and center positions. Braden Smith is your right tackle and Raymond as their left. So when I'm looking at the team, I'm like, all things considered, if you take health out of the equation, this could low-key be a playoff caliber team if they can just stay healthy with the line and the weapons surrounding the quarterback. 
Right now they have Garner Minshew as the starting quarterback. I think this low key, this team might be a threat in the AFC South. I think I don't think they'll be a threat in the AFC, but in the AFC South, I think they're a threat to be contenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, give them some time. I think it's gonna it's gonna matter about uh, it's gonna be all about Anthony Richardson's develop uh, development. Uh, so if he can adjust quickly to the to the NFL, then great. Uh, it might take a couple years though. Um, another, but one that I I don't want to take all your glory here, Tuck. But I I wanted if you want to elaborate on uh, Justin Herbert before we started, I thought that was a that was a solid take because if it, it feels around the league, it's just so uh, what's the word unanimous that this guy's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, yet they have one playoff appearance to show for it. I mean, give, give me a little bit on that. Okay, so before the show, me, and me, Adam, and CJ were talking about quarterbacks in the hot seat, and I thought of a quarterback that isn't – I don't think his job is on the line, but his place in, within the hierarchy of AFC or NFL quarterbacks is on the line. And I thought Justin Herbert because he's shown flashes – of you of what a quarterback he could be. And people tell me all the time that he's a top five quarterback, top five quarterback. And I'm like, okay, show me. He has one playoff appearance in three years. Okay, not bad. But within that playoff appearance, he did not play well. He played horrendously. Even worse than Tre- Trevor Lawrence, who threw four interceptions in that game. And I still thought Trevor Lawrence outplayed him, especially in the second half. So when I look at Justin Herbert, I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I have, there was a lot to be desired from him, and I'm starting to question whether or not he can be a top five quarterback. I'm not judging based on talent. I'm not judging based off whether or not he'll be there with it for the next five years because obviously he'll be there because of the talent. But I'm just judging, can this guy be a top five quarterback within the AFC and let alone the, the NFL as a whole? That's what I was judging it off on. Yeah, I mean, and he has had a lot of weapons to work with over the years. There have been some questions with injuries to certain players on offense. Their offensive line wasn't the best when Herbert first got here, although it has improved dramatically ever since. And the coaching has been horrendous. So there are some there there are some uh, excuses that are pretty legitimate when you look at it, but. Can we can we give a little bit, at least a little bit, of blame on Justin Herbert? Like, because I I meant as I mentioned when I when I previously uh, brought up Mac Jones, it can't all be not the quarterback's fault. He's the most he. It's either he, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, or it's none of his fault. You can't have both. <laughs> I happen to believe that the quarterback has he takes some blame when your team doesn't do well yeah you know i i agree and everybody likes to point at his stat sheet and they're like oh my god but look at the numbers he puts up every year oh he's a perennial pro bowler he's this he's that like i'm sorry but his numbers and everything he does his numbers his accomplishments they're empty calories because he can't convert numbers into wins he's just he's not going to make it out of the afc west Especially now with Mahomes, he can't outduel Mahomes. He's not a threat in the playoffs, and it seems like no matter how good that team is, they're ju- he's just going to keep coming up short. Again, yeah. I don't want to rush Justin Herbert because we all see the talent that he has, and we still think he's going to be a tremendous quarterback. 
but at the same time, it's like it's this is the time where you need to prove it now. We've given you leeway, even as after the playoffs, we're still giving you leeway. It's now time for you to prove what you got in the what you got now because you have the weapons around you. They just added you another weapon through the draft. It's time to put up or shut up. And I and I believe this team will still make the playoffs, but I'm not sure how far they'll go within the playoffs considering the AFC West and the rest of the AFC as a whole. Yeah, I mean, their performance in this past postseason was pathetic. Mm-hmm. You're facing a rookie quarterback. I mean, well, mm-hmm. a, a, an extremely talented – well, not rookie quarterback. You know what I mean. Rookie in the playoffs. His real rookie season without Urban Meyer. How about that? In Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> you're, you're facing a quarterback with very little who's extremely talented granted but very little experience who showed his his lack of experience in the first half of the game and you still couldn't close it out with a quarterback who is in his third season that is horrendous and mm-hmm. this is this is a Chargers team that was expected to do a lot more than they did this past postseason they the least they could have done was made it to the divisional round and they could not so that I mean that was just pathetic right there. And you could put a lot of it on the coach because how the hell do you mismanage such a large lead like that, 27 to 3, and still manage oh, and still manage to keep your job with one of the better quarterbacks in the league as as, as far as we can tell. Hmm. Yeah, that's a <sighs> And once again, a lot of people like to blame Brandon Staley for that, right? And, I mean, I understand it. I mean, I understand, like, why he gets the blame that he gets. But you have to remember, Justin Herbert did not play a very good game. I mean, can, can, can we all admit that? Yeah. yeah. Because, Paul, I'm trying to find his actual stats from that game. Yes, yes. 58% completion percentage, 273 yards, and a, a touchdown. That's literally it. And the fact that the Chargers wrote 27 to 3, yet he only ever scored one touchdown, you could argue that they weren't even up because of him. They were up despite him. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I'm but sorry. Like this, the numbers don't back you up one touchdown. And if you take that away, they're still up 20 to 3. But that's but 273 uh, yards and a touchdown is still a solid game. I'm not going to. I'm not going to sit. Game going to win you the playoffs. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he had a, a great game. That he was. That he was playing out of his mind. I'm just saying he didn't suck. He wouldn't be a liability, it, to the point where you blow a 27 to three lead. That's all I'm saying. It he is contributed with a touchdown ball. pass. When you're not moving the ball, it becomes a liability because you're not exactly pass. Well, if you have 273 yards, that's not terrible. But it's not. Yeah, but they still either. didn't win, and apparently, not terrible wasn't enough to win that game. I know, but that's. Sh- I just think that shouldn't be enough. That shouldn't be enough to blow or up maybe twenty-seven it's the to or maybe it's the three lead. Completion percentage, which is I didn't like. Yeah, that, that's a bad part. That's yeah. bad. Yeah. So it's not even that the yards he was taking. He was making a lot of throws, or he was taking a lot of throws, but he how just many, wasn't making them. How many throws? I literally just exited out of that. I'll, I'll be right back. Please get it back. I, I want. I want to, I'm just trying to figure that out because it, hmm. it has been a long time since he had 43 game. attempts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and so, bad. don't lecture me that he can't move the bird. That that it's not as well. 273 yards is good. 273 yards on 43 attempts is awful. 
That is abysmal. That's Zach okay. Prescott like. That's that's <laughs> pretty bad. That's that's pretty bad. Okay. All right. You you have you got me there. You got me there. Two seventy three yards is still not terrible. On forty three attempts, I disagree. I know. I know. And here's the thing. I'll give him a little bit of bail because it's not like the run game was doing him any favors. However, if you realize the run game's not doing its part because the line just couldn't get any movement from the Jacksonville B, it becomes incumbent on you to get the ball moving through the air. And if you can't do that and your drives stall out, you're leaving your defense out there for a pretty long time. And once Mike Davis went down, they were kind of stuck because they couldn't run their specific coverage anymore. And that just basically let everything open up for the Jacksonville offense. That's what happened. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. The yep. offense can't yep. stall out at that point. Otherwise, you're leaving your defense high and dry. Yeah. I mean, you're completely right there. That that, that was a pathetic performance by the by the by the Chargers. I mean, holy crap. I mean, just especially relative to what they were supposed to be before that season started. They barely squeaked into the playoffs. They should have at least won one playoff game, and they couldn't even do that when they when Jacksonville spotted them a twenty-seven to three lead. Mm-hmm. Granted, Trevor Lawrence is a pretty badass quarterback, and mm-hmm. he's going to be pretty good this year. But that doesn't excuse the that doesn't excuse the the poor performance by the Chargers all around defense, offense, everything. Um. All right, we're up against the clock. Speaking of coaches, speaking of Brandon Staley, he might make an appearance in this next segment where we talk about coaches on the hot seat heading into the 2023 NFL season. That's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Secret Weapon Consulting, Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker with you as always. All right. So on the last segment, we covered quarterbacks who are on the hot seat. Who's the other most important position on the field with offense, defense, the head coach? Who are some head coaches who are on a short leash going into this season? CJ, you want to kick us off? Yeah, you know, you were talking about Brandon Staley, right? But uh, I'm not going to, you know, take the low-hanging fruit there. I mean, what one of you guys can get it. But hear me out. This might sound crazy, but uh, have you considered Todd Bowles of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So imagine you, you, you're the Buccaneers and you win a Super Bowl, and then you make it to the second round of the playoffs the following year. And mm-hmm. then you win your division seemingly by the grace of God because your whole division is terrible and you didn't even have a winning season. And then you get smacked to reality by the Cowboys. And such is the case of Todd Bowles. So he took over for the sub-retirement of Bruce Arians. And if the Jets are any indication, Todd Bowles 
is a great defensive coordinator, but I don't think he should be a head coach. And this year, it's going to get harder because they lost some pieces, you know, like uh, Shaq Mason, Sean Murphy Bunting, Tom Brady, Cameron Bray. And and now your quarterback's going to be Baker Mayfield. Really? Huh? Shake and bake. And then if he fails, you have your former second rounder, Kyle Trask, who I'm sorry, should not have been a second round pick. Just that, but that's a story for another day. It's just, I, and when you look at how pathetic the rest of your division is and the fact that you, with that talent on your roster, can't win your division, I'm sorry. It might be time for them to look in a different direction. And I think they're going to aim for a small rebuild, definitely get like a quarterback, uh, maybe like retool the roster. And I think part of that rebuild has to include a new coach. Because he might, I mean, a top bowls, plain and simple, will not lead you to where you want to go. Yeah, and I've always liked Todd Bowles. I've been rooting for him his entire professional career in the NFL um, as a head coach. But it it just seems apparent that he's best as a as an uh, defensive coordinator and nothing more than that. Um, and it's it's sad to say because he he has a good head on his shoulders. He's very he's a very professional. Uh, head coach or even just defensive coordinator, but it's clear that he just can't do it on, on offense. He's way too conservative. And if you can only manage an eight and nine season with Tom Brady at quarterback and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in an offense that where they were just an air show the year prior and the year before that, that tells me that you are the problem. With that being said, though, there's a lot of other factors that are going to play. There's a lot of other factors that are going to play into uh, the Bucks' downfall, including Tom Brady being gone. Um, my one of the pick that I have. I, so we talked about the Chargers. We talked about Justin Herbert before. Brandon Staley deserves a massive piece of the blame going into this season, and. We can put a lot of blame on the quarterback too, but whether we like it or not, between the quarterback and the coach, the coach always goes first. And we can all agree, Brandon Staley is lucky to still have his job right now as it is. And we're going into a maker a make or break year where they have improved on offense. So it's all on Brandon Staley to make this work. If he can't do it, if it's another season like last year or the year prior, then he's gonna be he's gonna be without a without a job, and he's going to be looking for just begging for anything as a special teams, an offensive coordinator, an assistant coach somewhere next year, or he'll be at the car wash, something like that. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. And something like with Staley is, let alone last year, he shouldn't even had a job last year. Remember what happened with the Raiders? Yeah, I'll yeah, you. he should have been fired after that. If I'm being honest. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. No arguments here. I don't I don't even know where to begin because I have a few head coaches in my mind, but I'm not sure which one to go. I think I'll I think I'll go down south to Texas and I'll pick on Mike McCarthy. Hmm. Oh my he's just an easy target for me because one playoff win, two playoff three playoff appearances. That playoff win was against the Buccaneers, who everybody knew 
shouldn't have been in the playoffs in the first place because of just how bad the NFC South was last year. And overall, once they went to the next round, you saw how bad they were when they lost to the San Francisco 49ers 19-12 with their franchise quarterback not doing anything to help them get the win. It got so bad that they even blamed, they even went on their social media to blame the quarterback. And I'm looking at the head coach. I'm like, can't you do something to help your quarterback out, call some different plays, call, help your defense out, do something? And when I look at Mike McCarthy, he doesn't inspire me to think that he is the coach for this Dallas Cowboys team. I think a better coach would get better results with the with the weapons and pieces surrounding it. I think the defense will play a lot better. I think the offense would be better if they had a more off a better offensive minded coach. Not to say that Mike McCarthy is bad. I think he's just dated, I guess is the best way. I think Dak Prescott would play monumental monumentally better if they had a better uh, head coach. So I I think it might be a make or break year for Mike McCarthy specifically if Jerry Jones is looking at this and like I put pieces around you and you still can't get the job done. And Dak Prescott still continues to look like this, considering what we're paying him. Not going to lie. He might, he actually might be on a hotter seat than we think. See, maybe he's on a hotter seat than we think, but I just don't know if we could call, we could put him on the hot seat because as much as the Dallas Cowboys have been choke artists during the postseason. They win a lot of regular season games and generate a lot of buzz throughout throughout the NFL. For how medio- mediocre that they are called by the public, they always wind up winning winning games some way somehow. And they they kind of have the the most balanced roster that they have had in years. Mm-hmm. So they're going to win wind up with a bunch of regular season wins. They might they might they'll probably make the postseason. They they might screw around and win the division. Now, what they do in the postseason is going to be one thing. And it might cost McCarthy his job. But that this regular season is just going to be so good for the Cowboys that it will just overshadow the idea that maybe Mike McCarthy should not be the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Because they've, they've been having issues even without him when they had Jason Garrett. And they were still they still kept him for years on end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was something I was going to bring up. You know, uh, I hate to say, but McCarthy probably isn't even on the hot seat because Jason Garrett was just as terrible as he was, and Jason Garrett was kept around long past his expiration date. And that's the same thing with McCarthy. In fact, I remember when McCarthy was first hired, I said, okay, yeah, you went, you basically just hired a bigger Jason Garrett. That's basically what he is. Maybe with like less clapping, but that's neither here nor there. It's just it's so awful just the way the Cowboys like have set themselves up. I mean, nobody thought Mike McCarthy McCarthy was going to deliver them to a trophy. I mean, it was painfully obvious, you know, that he was carried by Aaron Rodgers, and once Rodgers went down, he got exposed. And it's just you can give him only so much talent, but if there's no true like Rodgers level player to carry him, then and I'm sorry, it's it's not it's just it's not gonna work. And the worst part is, I know he's probably not gonna get fired, you know, barring a spectacular collapse. But so long as they stay a regular season team, he's gonna keep his job. Yeah, unfortunately, he will because it is yeah. the Cowboys. But I just thought someone who should be on the hot seat should be Mike McCarthy. And if yeah. not him, 
we got to look at the Raiders and look at Josh uh, McDaniels. Is his name? Yeah, Josh McDaniels. Yeah, I think he should be on the hot seat considering what we thought the Raiders should be and what they are right now. Oh, yeah. And Mm -hmm. Josh McDaniel, at least, at least McCarthy leads the, the, the pack, the Jesus Packers. Uh, I'm living in 2018. (laughs) Um, At least the Cowboys can win some regular season games, Mm. make the playoffs, maybe win the division. One of the, one of those things, the Raiders haven't even been good enough to do that. And they mm-hmm. actually kind of have the talent to do it. They have, they're right up there with Dallas in terms of talent. I would say maybe not on the defensive side of the, of the ball, but mm-hmm. on the, on offense, they're right there with them. It's like, and Josh McDaniels, I believed going into this season that maybe he has some potential as a head coach because of his job, because I, I happen to believe he did a, a solid job as their often as the Patriots offensive coordinator. I thought maybe he could do something. Couldn't have been more wrong. That guy blew. And with the amount of leads that they did blow over the, over this past season, if they, if they won half of those games, they would have been a postseason team, but they're not. They wound up being a top seven pick. Just let that sink in for a second. Holy mm-hmm. crap, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. bad. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of an obvious one. Can I mention Bill Belichick, please? No. No, no, no. Hold up, hold up. I am nothing if not fair. Let's hear him out. No, I'm not letting this man cook. I'll hear no. him out. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let's just hear him out. He, we heard you out. You heard me out. It's only fair. Now, this is more of a guy who should be on the hot seat versus will be because we I it just does not look like this guy is going to be out in the next year. He won't. He's his name is Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft might be getting a little frustrated with him, but he's not. I don't think he will pull the trigger anytime soon. But I mean, his drafting has been suspect. His coaching is good on the defensive side of the ball. In fact, it's same on the def- on in drafting and free agency. He is a defensive guru. He is very good at picking players. I mean, like how hard is it to find a corner, like a legitimate not only starting corner but top one undrafted or in the late rounds? Belichick does it all the time. But most of the time those corners are found in the first in the first round of the draft. But he finds them routinely. On offense, he's taking guys in the first, first and second round who have who wind up being afterthoughts in a year's time. I mean, Nikhil Harry sucks. You guys remember Josh Boyce too? Guy no, they took in the vaguely. second round. Was that 2013 or 2012? 2013. Yeah, because I remember Aaron Dobson. That was a uh, something. Dobson didn't work out. Ah, he worked out for a little bit. When he was healthy. I mean, yeah, he got hurt. Also, I will die on this hill. He wasn't a second-round pick, but Malcolm Mitchell's not a draft bust. Debate a wall. Yeah, but he got hurt. Yeah, he's not a bust. Like, if you get a season-ending injury after your first year, you're not a bust. You can't control that. Yeah, but then they let him go after that, which is kind of – He never would have come back. His knee was destroyed. Yeah. He was never going to play again. Then he sued the team after that, which was – I mean, I kind of understand it, but 
Yeah, yeah. Well, he, did he win the suit or no? Because I, I never heard what happened after that. I, they I, never, I never did either. I never did either. I'm just saying Bill Belichick with how questionable he has been on, on offense. He deserves some blame for that mm-hmm. because he brought it. It's not you can blame the, the defensive coordinator playing offense. Who brought him in? Yeah. Who brought you, him you, in? Amen. Who brought him in? Adam, may I may I say something? Yeah. Go ahead. I simultaneously agree and disagree because when you say Bill Belichick should be on the hot seat, with all due respect, you're not really describing Bill the coach. You're describing Bill the GM. And in a way, I hate to say it, but Bill, he's still a darn good coach, and we all know it. Best coach of all time, some would say. But make no mistake, Bill the G. I've said this umpteen times. Bill yep. the GM is actively hindering Bill the coach, and Bill, in a way, holds New England hostage because he's got an ego on him, and he will say, "Fine, if you kick me out as GM, I'm just going to take my ball and go home." That's what he'll do. If you say you are no longer GM, he will quit as coach. So, I question his abilities as an offensive, uh, as a ho- offensive head coach, though. Yeah, I, yeah I understand too, but it's like, yeah, but I mean, they've had some decent offenses under him, so like we'll see. I think the jury's well, kind of still out, but it's just it's it's the GM part that needs to go. But unfortunately, you have to take one with the other, which now raises an interesting question. Do you roll the dice and tell Bill to take a hike? Because uh, allegedly Gerard Mayo is waiting in the wings, no? Probably. I mean, why else would he stick around just to get but an unnamed position? The, again, this is it's just not going to happen this year. And, and, sir, and not after this year either. Because he's his name is Bill Belichick. And I don't think Kraft has had enough of him to the point where he's ready to fire him like right now or even after this season. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I just I've heard if they have like a bad record, he, Bill might get canned, but that was just rumors. I could be wrong, and I hope I am if this if this all continues. But I mean, you just I just don't see it happening anytime soon. It could happen in a, a couple years down the road, but after this season, I just don't think so. It's just too it's just too much, and it almost feels like an overcorrection to, to go that far after this season. Yeah. All right. Well, do we have any other picks? No, not right now. Nope. Nothing? All right. Well, that ends our content for today. Do we have any other thoughts before we end the, end tonight's show? Uh, nope. Go Lakers, go Celtics. All no, right. bad. Lakers, shame. LeBron likes China. All right. Well, we will get to get back to you guys on what we are going to be doing for this summer. It's going to be very different from last offseason. And there is a strong possibility that we will be going uh, throughout the summer once a week, uh, just because we have we have very busy schedules. They're going to be great episodes, and we are going to do everything we can to preview this season. Uh, uh, player rankings are going to be coming back, possibly division previews, and we would just be doing it on um, all on the same show. So we will have plenty of content for you guys. We're just trying to figure out how to structure it. So thank you for all your patience while we figure that out. We will have it for you shortly. Likely it will, be, it will begin in the, uh, in the beginning of June, so kind of the beginning of summer as, we, as the springtime concludes. Um, but we appreciate, your thank, we appreciate your patience. 
Uh, but without further ado, th- that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all our episodes available on Spree- Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.